Well, thank you for those opening comments, Anna. I'm very pleased to be here today. And what I'm going to do uh, very briefly is make some comments about the benefits to the NHS of diversifying its provider base and some of the risks. And I'm going to talk about some practical examples from our own experience in Bristol just to illustrate uh, this. And I suppose by way of context, the things that I would like to, to say first are that diversifying supply is only one option in a commissioner's repertoire. So we should see it in context. And, for example, it might be that part of the commissioning process would be to redevelop uh, patient pathways, to do it as part of a clinical commissioning exercise with GPs, with hospital consultants, and that is the way to get a different model of service. So that's one other element in the commissioning repertoire. Another might be, if you want better results, perhaps you need to do better contract management. So I think from a commissioning point of view, diversifying supply is one of quite an extensive repertoire, and we need to use the right things in the right circumstances. Um, equally, in terms of diversifying supply, the whole issue about any willing qualified provider, which there's so much debate about at the moment, is only one aspect, the current aspect which the government's interested in, of diversification. And it's not, from my point of view, perhaps the main one or the most interesting one. So moving on, I want to give you one big example of recommissioning uh, services in Bristol and getting um, a more diverse supply base. We decided at a point that we wanted to recommission all our community child health services for the city. £23 million a year worth of services. These sorts of services are health visitors, they're school nurses, community paediatricians, speech and language therapists, a raft of services for disabled children and all child and adolescent mental health. So why did we do it and what benefits were we looking for? Well, one thing is we wanted to create a more integrated service for children and young people that wasn't defined by specialty boundaries or by organisational silos. We had five different providers at the time. We wanted to create a single service. So that's, that's one reason, that's one benefit. We had a service which was inequitable across the city, where some of the most disadvantaged children and disadvantaged communities were actually getting less service. So we wanted a more equitable service. We had a very traditional model, and we wanted a different model. There was no concept of outreach. There was no concept of reaching out to children who perhaps had the greatest needs, but whose voices and whose families' voices were not heard. So... A benefit can be getting a very different model. We wanted a much more outcomes-based service. It was quite difficult to work out what outcomes we were trying to achieve. We could count activity to some extent, but what outcomes were we looking for? Um, and we also wanted a different response to the changing demography and, and cultural changes amongst our population of children and young people. I won't tell you the whole story. It was a two-year process, very extensive process. What we ended up with was a partnership between North Bristol Trust, which is one of our acute providers, and Bernardo's. They have a formal partnership, and what that service brings in that combination is it brings the clinical depth of North Bristol Trust, and it brings all the 
credibility of our best street agency in Bristol for children and young people. It brings cultural competence, it brings improved access, it's brought a different model. And I think if those partners were in the room, they would say that each has learned a tremendous amount from the other. So some quick fire examples of other things that we've uh, done. Imagine you have cancer, you're feeling at your worst, and the NHS asks you, not once but repeatedly, to come to the hospital for chemotherapy. Well, in Bristol, we decided we wanted to know if in a big, diverse, challenging city you could actually offer people the choice of chemotherapy at home. Now, we couldn't find an NHS provider that was currently doing that or able to do that. And what we did was we created a partnership between a different acute trust and an independent sector provider called Healthcare at Home who specialise in specialist treatment in the home. And we have a very successful model now where everybody with clinically appropriate who uh, needs chemotherapy in Bristol is offered the choice of coming to the hospital, having it at home or coming to a local health centre. It's been very thoroughly evaluated by Cardiff University. And again, you've got the provider coming in to provide something the NHS simply wasn't providing. There's something also about niche provision. We, at a point, developed a women's crisis house. Mental health inpatient units can be quite scary, quite unsympathetic places for women. And we wanted a model of care where we could intervene at a point just before hospital admission was needed and offer an alternative setting. The result of that process was that we engaged an organisation called NextLink, highly respected voluntary organisation in our city, who provide all the domestic violence services. So again, you know, occupying a space and delivering a service in a way that the NHS hasn't been able to do. Another example might be about improving access to black and minority ethnic communities. So examples of BME-based uh, voluntary organisations doing things like drug treatment, mental health services and so on. So a rich tapestry, I think, of diversification. One last example on, on uh, recommissioning. We decided at a point to recommission all our patient transport services, non-emergency ambulances. We wanted a very different specification, a much more responsive service to patients. And we also wanted a much greener service. So a very different specification than anybody in the NHS was currently delivering. Interestingly enough, what we ended up with was the same provider our ambulance service provider for the most of the contract, but working to a completely different specification. And then we had a separate contract, a separate lot, designed to bring in smaller providers for our satellite renal dialysis service. And that was let to a consortium of local taxi companies who were willing to make themselves green to provide a service in a completely different way. I haven't mentioned choice of elective care, and that's because I'm uh, leaving it to my colleague panellists to talk more about that. But obviously that's another part of the feature. And sometimes the reason for diversifying the supply base is simply to get a choice. So it could be choice of the same sort of treatment, different provider, or as I've already illustrated, choice of different models of care. So briefly on risks, what are the sorts of risks for us in, in, as commissioners? Well, clearly there can be a risk about financial exposure 
particularly where there are contracts around guaranteed income for providers irrespective of volume. And I think we're moving away from that uh, in government policy at the moment. I think there's a potential risk around supply-induced demand. Most of you in this room will appreciate, as I do, that there isn't a fixed quantum of demand for healthcare. So you can imagine a scenario with lots of providers all offering cataract surgery. How do you make sure that you just don't increase every year the number of people who have cataract surgery? And so it gets out of balance with spend and need in in other areas of the budget. I think there are issues about uh, capacity and capability within commissioners because as you diversify the supplier base, you need to obviously be able to monitor and manage contracts. Uh, And if we're reducing the management overhead in the NHS as the government intends to do, then commissioners clearly still need to be able to be competent in that respect. Quality and safety clearly are other issues And that's both a responsibility of the regulator, we need a strong, well-resourced regulator, and also of commissioners. And when I think about what what my quality team uh, spends their time on in terms of monitoring our uh, supplier base, then, of course, we spend probably the majority of our time on the NHS because they are by far and away our biggest providers But also, I think the other sector we're spending quite a lot of time in at the moment is the nursing home sector. And obviously there's been a lot of stuff in the media recently about about issues in the nursing home sector. So just to finish, what characteristics do we need from commissioners in order to be able to support a a diversified and, and rich supplier base? First of all, we need a predisposition towards doing that and I think that's quite variable across the NHS at the moment. Secondly you need confidence. There's a lot of challenge out there, you need to be able to run strong processes and stick by them you need to be not scared of doing it in the first place, you need good governance you need strong capability and of course you need the people the capacity to do it so I'm very much an advocate of increasing and diversifying the provider base, and I look forward to the discussion with all of you. Thanks very much.